Welcome to Be the CEO of Your Life and Business podcast with your hosts, Laura Katina and Amy Mara. This podcast was created for businesswomen in particular who are juggling pursuing their career, family life, and all of the things that come along with it. We know that building a career, running a business, and running your life can sometimes seem near impossible. In the Be the CEO of Your Life and Business podcast, Laura and Amy are going to share their experience of building their own careers as female attorneys, raising a family, and their journey to maintain wellness through it all. With more than 25 years of combined experience practicing law and years of juggling business, family, and wellness, they are about to have some very real and honest discussions about what it takes to manage it all and share tips, tools, and truth about how they make it all work. Welcome back to another episode of the Be the CEO of Your Life and Business podcast. We are just in awe of the fact of how quickly this year has really flown by. And today's topic is about your fourth quarter business review. And we wanted to give our top tips for what you should be reviewing when the fourth quarter arrives for sure. But we also recommend that this review can be done periodically throughout the year, and it should be. But not only are we talking about the fourth quarter review, but a lot of the things that we are going to suggest today are also going to be tips that help amplify your next year and get you set up for the next year as soon as you turn the calendar page. And we really think that it's important that you need to just take the time to reevaluate some of the administrative tasks that might feel like, you know, you have to waste time on or what have you. We think it's important that these administrative tax tasks aren't ignored, especially when you're getting close to the end of the year. Am I right? Yeah. And I think it's something that a lot of people don't like to do. Some, you know, business owners, I've had clients and worked with people in the past who just didn't know their bottom line, didn't have a business plan and didn't want to know, quite frankly, because I don't know if it's, you know, they're afraid of the numbers or just afraid of even looking. But, you know, it's so important to do those things so that you know where you're perfect example, right? Amy and I just had a meeting with our accountant this morning and I hate numbers. I hate taxes. If Amy, Amy sees me, like I'm literally, when he's explaining stuff to us, I have my head down and my eyes closed because I'm like listening to what Mm -hmm. he's saying because it totally, I don't know if it's a fee, I don't know what it is, but it just makes me stressed. But we have to do it. Like, do it anyway. Yeah. One thing we agreed on when we started this business was that we're going to know our numbers. Whether we like it or not, we have to know. We have to know, you know, what our numbers are like periodically just to know how the business is doing. Like, is there something we need to change? Is there something that what's going well, what's not going well? Um, So even though I have my face down and my eyes closed when I'm listening to him, because it really stresses me out, I do it anyway. Oh, and he's so great about it, though, because he was like, okay, come on, ladies, like, reel it back in. And Laura literally started the whole conversation being like, okay, Amy, bye. <laughs> she, I wish you could you could have seen her. She was covering her eyes like, this is a lot. This schedule is a lot. But Laura's so right. We, as partners, have agreed that we are always going to know 
what is going on. We might not understand everything, but that's why we have a team of professionals that we can look to. We have an accountant that we talk to. We have our accounts manager, our bookkeeper that we talk to on a regular basis because it's that important to us. And that's part of what you have to do in reviewing your business and making sure, especially in fourth quarter for planning for the next year. I mean, I never would have thought that in October I'd be taking a meeting with my accountant to talk about tax planning for the following year, but here we are, we did it. (laughs) And you learn that as you are continuing to run your business and you surround yourself with really good people. And there are, yes, that is such a good point. It's so important, which is why, I mean, we talk all the time about the importance of having um, an attorney that you have a relationship with that you can rely on, but it's really like all different kinds of professionals for Mm -hmm. us for our numbers, we rely heavily on our accountant and our bookkeeper because that's simply just not our thing. Like, I don't want to go in QuickBooks. (laughs) I don't want to deal with it. You do it. Like, that's your expertise. You do that. I'll do this. So it's important to have professionals that are on your side that you can lean on for the things that are not in your area of expertise and that you can delegate because it frees you up to use your energy to do other things like There are certain things we think you should review for your fourth quarter business review. First thing is a business plan. Maybe you have one, maybe you don't. You can always create one. Look at where you are in your business, see where you've been, see where you are, and see where you want to go. I know, you know, when we started our firm, which I can't believe is literally almost a year ago, our one-year anniversary is coming up. Crazy. We sat down and we set goals and we, you know, created a plan. And I have to say, Amy, tell me if you agree that we've come much further this year than was ever on our plan. A thousand percent. We hit benchmarks in timeframes that we did not even think was possible, but we, we did it. And it's incredible. Like our year end review of this year, we're going to be jaws on the floor of how much we've accomplished this year. Even like becoming licensed in other States. Yes. In January. I don't even think that was on like the horizon. No, I think we had a specific meeting in, I want to say it was February or March because I definitely had Joseph at that point. And I remember having that meeting and he was sitting in a bouncer off screen (laughs) and we were talking to another colleague of ours who said, you ladies, you need to be practicing in other States. You need to be expanding because if you want to be in XYZ markets, this is where you need to go. And I think that day you literally were like, okay, what states do we want to be admitted in? And what do we need to do to get there? And poof, you're already admitted in the state of Pennsylvania. Yeah. And so now we've expanded by one state, but that in the beginning of the year, like that wasn't even on our our list of goals. And now here we are like 10 and a half months later and I'm admitted in Pennsylvania. We have a paralegal. We are bringing on an IP attorney who is going to be working with us, which is phenomenal. Such a great compliment to the areas of law that we practice. Mm -hmm. And like in the beginning of the year, our business plan was, okay, just get through our first year. (laughs) We had certain benchmarks and and we knew like the areas we wanted to practice and stuff like that. But I even think, Amy, for you, that's changed a little bit. Yeah. Oh, it definitely changed. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely changed a lot. And I think that it was important to, I'll give credit where credit is due. Laura and I are very connected as to like what we're working on, what our next, you know, endeavors are going to be, what we want to push for, what clients we want to like work with. And because I was having those conversations so regularly, I was really making it an important part of my business to really evaluate that. 
So knowing that where we started last year in November and where we are now here, where November is knocking on the door, it looks completely different. It really does than what I expected it to. For the better. In a great way, (laughs) by the way. (laughs) And this year, you know, for businesses has also brought a lot of stresses like COVID policies and Mm -hmm. remote work and all these different things. So the second thing on our list of things to review is your employee policies. But if you don't have an employee handbook, you should have one. You should have written policies that your employees have and they're aware of and they understand them. But take a look at them. Make sure they're up to date. If you are, I know we did a podcast about this recently. If your business is one of those businesses that's either subject to the mandate or you have decided just on your own to implement some kind of vaccine mandate or or testing requirement, you should have a written policy to that effect. And it has to be given to your employees. You know, if you have people working from home, do you have a remote work policy? Do you have a privacy policy? Do you have a social media policy? All these things that are important to have for your business, take a look at your written policies. See if you have them. If you have to update them, now is a great time to do it. So then you can be ready to come into uh, 2022 with updated and current employee policies, right? Yeah. And if you're onboarding new employees, which we are looking to onboard new con- you know, independent contractors and, and employees as of the turn of the new year as well, we need to make sure that our policies are up to date because they're going to look a lot different than what they did from the beginning of the year. And right. as they've evolved, you know, yeah. so it's, it's an ever evolving thing. And it's just something that we, we think is really important for you to continue to periodically update. So yeah, so make sure your policies are up to date. And then also if you have um, some kind of confidentiality agreement that you have your employees sign, or even if you have partners, anybody in your business, anybody that you work with, if you have them sign confidentiality agreements, take a quick look. You know, maybe your business is a little bit different than it was at the start of 2021. Maybe you're selling different products. Maybe you have different customers. Maybe you added, you know, a new market to your business. If there's something new that you need to add to this confidentiality agreement, now's a good time to do that. And along the same lines, if you have like a non-disclosure agreement, non-compete agreements, non-solicitation agreements, those are all uh, super important agreements. And again, the laws vary by state and you know they're getting stricter and stricter about what can be the subject of a non-compete and a non-solicitation. So you have to know the laws of your state. And of course, Amy and I are familiar with, you know, New York and New Jersey, but whatever your state is, make sure you're working with an attorney and, you know, that you know what the law is and what would be enforceable in that state. But it, take a look at it. Have the laws in your state changed? The, look, case law in, and in the courts is evolving all the time and states are constantly evolving with their laws. So, you know, maybe your laws have changed. And if you haven't looked at these documents in quite some time, then, you know, they might be outdated. And if God forbid you had to try to enforce one of them, it might not be enforceable. Right. You haven't changed it in a long time. Right. And then the next contracts that we want to also suggest that you review are employment contracts with any employees that you have. I think, Laura, you just said this before. If you're if you're changing job descriptions or you're moving into new markets, 
Will that affect the employee contracts that you have in place right now? And do you have to make changes to them? So you should be thinking it of it from like a holistic level and then dialing it down as to whether or not these changes in your business are going to necessarily affect the changes in your employees. Talked about remote work and remote work arrangements. Are there policies in place that are set forth, expectations set forth in the contracts themselves to say that this is the time that you start, the time that you end, what you're expected to be doing, what your obligations are as an employee. So all of this needs to be laid out pretty upfront and center for employees. So the employee contract can be tied with the non-compete and the non-solicitation. I've seen it done both ways. Sometimes those you know provisions are contained within the employee employment contract. Sometimes they are a separate agreement, but especially if it's contained within the employment contract, it's just good practice to review it. Take a look at it. If it's in there, make sure it's enforceable. Look at all the other terms in the employee contract, especially if you are like, like if you're onboarding new employees, it's a, it's a good time to take a look at the contract, make sure the terms of employment are outlined, what the scope of employment is going to be, you know, all these different things that are going to be relevant for the new people that you're bringing in. And then are you going to say something in there about vaccine mandate, you know, so there's all these things that you need to to think about when you're reviewing these agreements, but it's a really great time at this time of year to do that. And then the last one we think is important to look at is if your business has a template contract that you use. Like I've had clients, you know, coaching businesses, all different kinds of businesses that I've created uh, template contracts for. And, you know, but if we did them say, you know, a year and a half ago, has that have things changed? Right. So if you host events and you're still using a contract template for an in-person event, like it should probably be revised. So my client that, you know, does big public in-person events, well, used to pre-COVID, we had a template contract that was for in-person events, but we had to change that to something that would work for a virtual event because there's different terms that should be included and it changes things. So it's important, whatever kind of business you're in, if you have some kind of template contract to review that and make sure that it's up to date. And I think also too, this is where speaking to an attorney is really, really helpful on the template contract point. I have a contractor that is a client of mine and I have reviewed his contract and I have also had certain cases come up with respect to specific issues that are recurring. And it's a, it's a pain point that I need to speak to him about because if it keeps on coming up and it's an issue that you continue to have with clients and it's regarding a term in your contract, I would suggest that you talk to an attorney about whether or not your contract has to change, whether or not your business practice has to change. Like I'll say, for example, if there is a payment issue, like a non-payment issue, perhaps requiring a deposit up front as opposed to just payment in full on the back end if the, if the law provides for it would be prudent because otherwise you might be left holding the bag completely if the client or the customer decides to back out on whatever work or services that you were going to provide. So those issues can be discussed with an attorney and you can kind of see how you can rework your template contract to really you know, mirror what's actually happening in your business. So taking that, that moment to review it is really important. And the other thing too, is having a contract in the first place. I, I just had a, (laughs) I mean, it would be nice. You know, I just had a rather contentious 
settlement discussion between my client and an opposing or opposing counsel and the other the adversary about a, a business arrangement that wasn't even memorialized in a written contract. So we had to try oh. and piece together what was happening in these parties' minds, what their intentions were at the time that they entered into this agreement. And just for the sake of, you know, putting a pin on it and resolving it, we had to make something work for the two of them, right? In terms of settlement. If you don't have a contract, we urge you to consider the benefits of, of how it's going to protect you and your business going forward and your relationships with other vendors that you have or clients and customers that you have. And we know that these things may not be fun. Yeah. <laughs> and just like me sitting down with our accountant, I want to poke my eyes out because I can't, <laughs> it, it stresses me out, but like, it's, you just have to do it. Like there are going to be things in business that you don't want to do. If you don't want to look at the numbers, you don't want to know, you'd rather put your head in the sand and just hope everything will be okay. Mm -hmm. Don't do that to yourself because it's going to end up being worse in the end. So it may seem like a waste of time and money to take time out to review these documents and have meetings with your accountant and what your lawyers, whatever you have to do. But the comfort and protection that it gives you and your business is priceless. So we hope that you'll take our recommendations to heart, that you will do a fourth quarter review for your business, because I promise you, you will be happy that you did it. You'll be less stressed and ready to enter 2022 on a positive note. Thanks so much for listening to the Be the CEO of Your Life and Business podcast. If you have not already done so, be sure to leave us a rating and review so that we can reach even more businesswomen just like you. We will see you again next Monday for a brand new episode.